This week's show brought to you by KC Landscaping of Naugatuck, Connecticut. If you want the best looking lawn around, you've come to the right place. Professional quality landscapers with over 15 years in the business, KC Landscaping is here to bring your lawn to life. Give them a call today at 203-729-5553 for a free consultation within 24 hours. Or head to www.kclandscapingct.com. KC Landscaping, the first and last name in professional lawn maintenance. I'm your host, Tim Farrell, and you are listening to the CT BizCast. Today's topic, productivity. Productivity is important, but do we really know why? I mean, it's fairly obvious in the literal sense. If we aren't productive, nothing gets done. The mental image of us laying around in our underwear watching Twilight Zone marathons comes to mind. Apologies for the visual, but it's hard to argue with. But I'm not talking about the obvious reason productivity is important. I want to dig deeper. When you're running a business, especially a relatively new one, time is the most valuable asset you have. 24 hours just doesn't seem like enough to get everything you need done. Trust me, I know this feeling firsthand. All over the internet you can read how other successful entrepreneurs handle their workloads and busy schedules. They're working 12 to 14 hours a day, going out to meet with clients every night, and getting only a few hours of sleep. But does that really make sense for the typical business owner? I know I can't stay at the office for 14 hours. I have responsibilities. I have to get home. And to put it bluntly, I don't want to be working that long. Don't get me wrong, I want to grow my business, and I'm sure that would go a long way to helping. But is it worth it? I'm willing to bet that most of you are in the same boat. You have kids to get to school, grandparents to take care of, and lives to live. There has to be a balance between the workaholic lifestyle and the joy of getting to go home and have dinner with the family. That's the type of productivity I'm talking about. How to maximize the growth of your business in between living your life. It's something that we should all be focusing on. So, if it is so important, how can productivity be improved? And now for this week's headlines. Alright, so first up on the news headline section, we have a very fitting story to talk about. It's Small Business Week. Well, I, I get it's the end of Small Business Week. Um, it actually started this past Monday, so we're at the tail end of it. But there's still some good stuff to talk about. Um, so it's hard to not focus on this as we launch the podcast this week. Um, it seems pretty fitting that a small business and marketing focused show like this uh, starts at the tail end of what many believe to be the 53rd annual National Small Business Week. It's kind of hard to pinpoint that because it, when it started, it wasn't actually an official uh, holiday week. So, uh, if you are new to the world of small business ownership or entrepreneurship, um, it is the biggest celebration of small businesses in the country. All over the U.S., uh, there's going to be meetups, different workshops. Uh, tweet chats, live Periscope events, and a whole bunch of other free stuff to help business owners like you and me launch or grow our businesses. Uh, typically during this week every year, the SBA or the Small Business Administration, uh, they hold live events at different areas uh, to kind of help promote the week, uh, the holiday itself, and, and give about give a bunch of uh, great resources out. Uh, unfortunately, this year there aren't any of those events. 
that wind up too close to Connecticut. Uh, like I said, since this is on Friday, most of these have already happened. Um, but just so you're aware, the locations that did happen this year that had these events uh, were Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, Phoenix, Arizona, Denver, Colorado, and San Jose, California. I believe the San Jose one is actually happening or happened this morning or later today. Um, regardless, um, do head over to uh, the SBA's Connecticut District website. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of, of resources that are really beneficial to, to business owners. Uh, typically what the SBA does is they're a really good resource for financial stuff. Like they help you with the nuts and bolts of the business, getting, getting your finances uh, situated, uh, sources for funding and, and taxes and things like that. Or at least they guide you in the right direction. Um, so uh, there also is a calendar up there that has a whole bunch of actual local events that are going to be in Connecticut. Uh, there's a couple coming up in the next um, few weeks, so definitely something to check out there. Um, and again, there's going to be a link to all of these stories and any of the resources I'm talking about in the show notes, so feel free to check those out. Story number two. So this one, we go from kind of good to pretty bad right off the bat. So uh, report, Connecticut cities are not small business friendly. I know, shocked everybody who owns a business here in Connecticut. Um, so this is from the CT Post. Uh, in a report filed by the business financial resource website wallethub.com out of the 1268 quote unquote small size cities that they analyzed there were none from connecticut that ranked in the top 300. danbury was the highest that ranked in at 339. in fact out of the entire list only seven connecticut cities made the cut uh, for this uh, for this report small cities with populations between 25,000 and 100,000 residents across the country were ranked in their respective business environments, access to resources, and business costs. A number of factors uh, chimed in on Wallet Hub's grading system, including work week length, small business growth, industry variety, prevalence of employees, cost of living, and level of education, just to name a few. Um, basically, what that says is something that most business owners in Connecticut are already aware of. It is not the most business-friendly environment here in the Nutmeg State. And a lot of that plays into it is the taxes are, are crazy high um, and things like that. So it's it doesn't it shouldn't come to a surprise to most of you. But uh, there were some good things in there. Um, here's the list of the seven cities that did make it: um, Danbury at 339, Westport at 550, Shelton at 828, Norwalk at 973, Stratford at 988, Milford at 1089, and Trumbull rounding it out at 1214. Um, like I said. Uh, I'm going to have the, you feel free to check out the entire report. It goes into a whole lot more detail than what the one I'm covering here. Um, there's a whole bunch of different demographics and breakdowns that you can take a look at. So feel free to check that out. And for our third headline, we have Adobe buys out live fire to add to its marketing cloud. Um, so from fortune.com, this is where the story came from. Adobe, the computer software and programming giant, has begun the process of buying out the comment and review management company LiveFire. According to the article on Fortune.com, marketers love sharing content as part of campaigns, especially the free sort, like social media commentary or videos created by happy customers. That obsession inspired marketing software company Adobe's Tuesday bio of LiveFire, a startup that names dozens of large consumer products companies like Coca-Cola, Hallmark, Kimberly-Clark, and Warner Music Group as its customers. Uh, official terms of the deals weren't disclosed as of yet. 
but it's expected to finish and go through the, the, uh, the closing processes within the next couple months. Uh, now, what does this mean for your business in particular? Um, if you don't use any of Adobe's marketing cloud products, probably nothing. It's not going to affect you at all. But if you are one of those uh, users who do have the money and do invest in this, um, it really could take your whole marketing platform to a new level because one of the most time-consuming things is checking out if you have a bunch of followers and a bunch of uh, activity on your on your website and your blogs and things like that. Uh, it's really time-consuming to go through and make sure the language is proper, no one's swearing, no one's using follow language and all that stuff to clear that out. No one is just spamming your comments and keeping that clean. Uh, there's some things in place, like if you do use WordPress, there's some plugins and stuff to keep that stuff clean, but uh, for the most part, it's just a lot of man hours to go and do that. So what Live Fire does, and I'm sure if you've been on a forum, you've, you've, you've probably come across Live Fire in the past, they handle that all built in natively. It's uh, definitely something that's that we should be keeping a, keeping an eye on if you are in the uh, using Adobe's marketing products already. And to our fourth story of the week, uh, Amazon's new Staples competitor sells over one billion dollars worth of products in its first year. Uh, this is from story from Business Insider. Amazon Business, the online retailer Staples competitor, has sold over $1 billion worth of products since its launch last year, the company announced Wednesday. Amazon Business sells everything a company needs, from basic office supplies to industry-specific products like lab equipment or hospital wear. Uh, quote, buying at Amazon through Amazon Business saves businesses a lot of time, and it also helps them lower their costs. Uh, that was from Prentice Wilson, the VP of Amazon Business. Uh, we're looking, we're bringing technology to businesses and we're helping them buy the way they've been asking for a while. Uh, now the site offers bulk discounts and exclusive items to business owners that are not available on the regular Amazon website. Uh, it says hundreds of millions of products are available on the site, with over 5 million of them eligible for group discounts. Uh, it also features, it also has features that make it easier for businesses to streamline its ordering process, like approval and invoices. Uh, orders worth over $49 are eligible for free two-day shipping as well. So it basically has built-in Amazon Prime and you don't have to pay for it. Uh, now, if you're like me, you had no idea this even existed. I use Amazon all the time, but I never even thought to look for a business or industry-specific Amazon product site. Um, one thing to seriously look at is is uh, Jet.com. It's one of the fastest growing e-commerce companies out there. I'm sure you've seen the commercials with people's heads blowing off and the purple smoke and dust coming out. Um, to reach the same billion dollar mark, Jet took 10 months in total sales. So it took them 10 months to sell a billion dollars worth of product of everything that they sell. Amazon Business sold a billion dollars in two more months, but only one product category. It was only office supplies. Basically everything Staples sells. I mean, in the end, you, of course, taken when taken into perspective, the billion dollars they sold in their first year really kind of pales in comparison to what their annual sales are. From 2014 to 2015, it was just under $90 billion. Um, that being said, Amazon's a powerhouse and everybody knows it. I mean, the first thing you do when you go on to, to shop online is check out to see if Amazon's got it. Most of us have Amazon Prime anyway, so it just makes it more fiscally responsible to do so. And again, since this is our first episode together, 
There is one thing that you should know about me. I don't pull any punches when I feel strongly about something, positive or negative. This is one of those times. I do not like staples at all. I have never had a good experience working with staples, buying anything from the smallest thing to a, a pack of Sharpies that I needed for a mailing campaign to address some envelopes to a computer. They charge ridiculous amounts of money for even the most outdated services, like they're faxing. It's ridiculous. And basically their physical stores have just become glorified showrooms. Try going in there and buying one of the computers they have on display, or one of the ones that they advertise in the store. It's not there. You gotta go home and buy it on the computer. You can have a really basic model that is gonna get you just to get online. That's about it. Again, it's nice to have a place that if you are an emergency and do need a binder or a ream of paper or something for a report you gotta print out, it's nice to be able to just roll down the corner and get whatever you need. But that's it. I would never use them in any, and I would go somewhere else if I had to in an emergency, but if Staples was literally the last option, that's where I would go. Um, but I have nothing but total disappointment and disdain for that entire company as a whole. Um, so now that we brought that out in the open, uh, make sure you do go out and check uh, Amazon Business. Uh, set up a free account for your company. All you need is the um, just to fill out the basic information and then get your uh, federal tax ID number. Uh, and like I said, it is free. Um, so if you are if you're buying your stuff on Amazon already, it makes total sense to uh, to hop right into this this program. And for this week's fifth and final headline, Connecticut luring businesses with open stance on LGBT communities. Uh, this is from the Hartford Current. Uh, Connecticut's economic development officials are jumping into the latest battle in America's culture wars, seeking an advantage against other states by boasting of an open and welcoming state to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. Uh, the state has long been touted for its educated workforce, proximity to Northeast markets, and its well-established network of manufacturing and financial service companies. Uh, those benefits are still important in pitches to out-of-state companies, but Connecticut officials have added a pitch based on favorable comparison with the laws set up in North Carolina and Mississippi. Uh, quote, our strategy in reaching out to companies is strategic, said Catherine Smith, Commissioner of the Department of Economic and Community Development. Uh, but she would not identify the companies that Connecticut's trying to lure. Um, now, while this has been a hot-button issue in recent weeks um, nationwide, um, and regardless of which side of the fence you fall, we're not going to get into politics here. That's not why this show exists. Um, it is nice to see Connecticut taking steps to try and really improve the business landscape and, and, and stimulate the economy. Um, it's no secret that Connecticut has been one of the more progressive states in the country, um, definitely staying on top of what's politically correct and things like that. Um, and this is certainly keeping in line with those, with those thoughts and those attitudes. Um, I am, however, curious to see which companies in particular they're trying to reach out to. Now, like I said, it didn't state which ones they're going after, and no one's been able to, to really bring any more of that information to light. Uh, but it really could be a great launching point uh, to try and replace some of the bigger companies that are leaving the state, um, like GE and possibly Aetna and some of the other insurance companies. Um, again, only time's going to tell, but it's definitely something to keep on the radar. So, as I mentioned in the intro, our main topic this week revolves around the idea of increasing your productivity at work. 
it's a topic that I've spent a lot of time recently trying to crack into because I'm one of those people that would really benefit from it. Again, since this is our first episode together, let me give you a little brief background on me and where I'm coming from. I had started my business, CP Business Solutions, a little over a year ago with the goal of building something I could both be proud of and live off of comfortably. It's a goal I'm sure most of you also had when starting your own business. As a kid, I was always bouncing from idea to idea, never really following through on anything to the point where I was totally consumed. I would try and sell lemonade and snacks outside of our house, and after an hour of no sales and nobody showing up, I'd move on to something else. You would never call me a committed individual, especially as a kid. That is, until I graduated college. That's when it all clicked. I had some great experiences working with organizations like the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bridgeport Bluefish, albeit for short stints as an intern or seasonal employee. While working, I realized that everything I had gone through as a child and up through high school was leading me in a direction I had never even considered was an option. It was entrepreneurship. I wanted to create something for myself and build it the way I saw fit. That leads us to today. However, through all those experiences, one thing I never learned was to focus myself to the point of really being productive. Don't get me wrong, I would always, well, almost always, get the projects or jobs I was assigned done, usually without issue. But, as we all know, there's a huge difference between getting something done and doing it productively. The most common example I can equate it to is procrastination. I consider myself a rude scholar when it comes to this discipline, or lack thereof. So, over the past few weeks, I've been focused totally on trying to improve my productivity when it comes to running my business. Um, It's been a series of mishaps, confusion, and definitely mixed with the occasional breakthrough. But it has been rough. But again, as I touched on in the intro, I wasn't ready to commit to 14-hour workdays to accomplish what needed to be done. To me, working twice as long to accomplish a day's worth of work is not productive. It's the opposite. I wanted to find ways to help me get the work that I needed done in the time that I had available. Like most of you, my business is here to support my life, not the other way around. I didn't start a business to give myself a job. I started a business to grow something. I have a family that counts on me being around, so staying locked in my small office is not the ideal way of going about everything. That being said, I still want it to grow. So how does one accomplish all this? Well, I've put together a few tips that I've begun to implement in my life that really have improved my productivity every day at work. Now again, this has only been a short trial period, and I'm not a self-proclaimed expert on productivity. I've only been in business for a little over a year, but I figured I'd share with you anyway. One of the best things I've been able to do so far is to start getting into a regular morning routine. I set three alarms at five minute intervals to make sure that I am up by 5 a.m. I know that seems a bit excessive to some people, but trust me, it's made a world of difference. After I am up, I do a quick 30 minute workout to get my body moving and shake off the cobwebs around my eyes. Not only does this help me feel more awake, my mind is no longer in that morning fog that takes like a gallon of coffee to get out of. After the workout, I make breakfast read a couple articles that I've saved on my tablet over the night, and get ready to head into the office for work. The, the Just being in the constant ritual like that 
has really let me focus on the work that I have to do once I get to the office. Before I started all this, it would take me at least 30 minutes to actually finish waking up and start working once I got to the office. You'd be amazed at how much an extra half hour plays into the overall productivity for your day. Another change that I made was to my to-do lists. I know everyone out there does the same thing. I know it. You write down everything you have to do for the day. You get overwhelmed at the looming list before you that you end up looking at every 10 minutes to see where you are. And you get discouraged. It's... It's hard to go about your day when you can only check off one thing, if that, by the time you leave. It seems like the entire eight hours or nine hours you were there was a complete waste. I was the same way, and to a certain extent, I still am. I'm, I'm still learning all this. So what I started to do was when I make my lists, I come up with one main goal for the day. This is called my stretch goal. It's the one thing that I want to accomplish before I get in my car and leave the office. Now, these are usually, since I'm in graphic design and marketing stuff, it's usually something like finish designing the About Us page for the website. Now, that in itself is a pretty big goal to accomplish. It does take a couple hours to do a full web page design. But instead of writing finish website design on a to-do list, I chose something more specific that I know I can realistically accomplish. I'm never going, and I know this, and we all know this, we're never going to accomplish that one big thing. And not having something that we can check off on our list every day really discourages us. So what I do is after I set that main goal for the day, I start to make a bunch of smaller goals that kind of all lead up to me finishing that main goal. They're anything from like write the team bios on the page or upload the company logo. They can be incredibly small things. It can even be turn the computer on or log on to your web design software, whatever that is. But it's stuff that I know that are easy, easily accomplished, realistic, and all lead to me finishing that main goal. Writing a to-do list like this kind of helps me stay more focused on the task at hand. It's, it's nicer to see 10 easy-to-complete tasks rather than one gigantic one that I know I'm never going to get to and it's just going to make me feel bad when I don't get there. So what I'm trying to get to is productivity is something that we all should be trying to improve, but it should be noted that it's not all it's not the end all be all of how successful you are at work. Different people are wired differently. They they work in different ways. What works for me is not going to work for all of you. I know that. And you know that too. You need to figure out what works best for you. Is it going to be a routine? Is it going to be having somebody to come in the office and help you? Is it going to be taking a break in the middle of the day? I've heard a bunch of people say that they take off the, first, the, the middle hour and a half of their day around lunch to go to the gym and work out, switch things up. They stay a little later, but they still accomplish the same amount of work in the same amount of time, just spread out differently. You may be a night owl. You may be on a working at like midnight to get your stuff done. Whatever is beneficial for you, that's what you need to figure out. So feel free to head over to um, the blog at CT Business, uh, our main website. Check out um, the post that I wrote up, uh, I believe it was on Wednesday. Um, it goes into a couple more tips and suggestions. Um, feel free to check those out. I'll have a link for that in the show notes.
Well, that's about going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you all for being here for the very first episode of CT BizCast. I'm planning on doing this show every Friday, so please make sure you come back and check us out uh, for any new news and topics that we are going to be covering here. Um, Again, I also want to uh, extend a big thanks to our sponsor for this week, uh, Casey Landscaping, a great lawn service and lawn care uh, company based out of Nagasaki here in Connecticut. Uh, So if you are looking for any of those services, uh, definitely give them a call. Again, the number is 203-729-5553 and the website www.kclandscapingct.com. Keep it tuned to the CT Business Solutions website. That is www.businesssolutionsct.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, The company Twitter account is at businessct. And my personal Twitter account is at TDFarrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Uh, so make sure you give those a follow. I'm always going to be keeping you uh, up to date on any blog posts or anything that, that, we're, that we uh, put together. Um, and uh, some updates for future shows and things like that. Uh, so again, thanks for, thanks for being here. And uh, hopefully checking you out next week. See you then.